Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, this is Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we bring you top brokers and team leaders from across the United States. Today, we have a very special guest who just joined us in Omaha for our Team Building Workshop last month. So excited to introduce Andrew Clark, coming out of Sarasota, Florida. I'm super jealous of him. I was just showing him a video of my backyard. I have a swimming pool, but it's covered with a big black uh, winter pool tarp and he asked me why it's covered and I said well it's 20 degrees outside of today snowing literally right now and what's the weather in Sarasota Mr. Andrew? I think it's about 85 today something like that. Disgusting. So it's a cooler it's a, maybe a cooler day than we used to. It's disgusting. So Andrew has a very successful brokerage. It's a traditional brokerage, indie brokerage that he launched. He has over 100 agents. But Andrew, I'm going to let you brag about yourself. First and foremost, I know our audience has already caught wind that you have an accent. You sound as though maybe you grew up somewhere else. Why don't you share with everyone all the fun places you've lived? I know we've talked a lot off the record on that. And then specifically to pun intended, the records that are behind you for anyone watching. It looks like he owned several bands and he has a whole wall of platinum and gold records behind him. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, I'm not a record producer. I'm just a music fan. So I, I'm an Alice Cooper fan, actually. So I collect Alice Cooper memorabilia. So that's all that is. Uh, and I've got a whole lockup and storage full of um, overpriced memorabilia that I don't even know have enough wall space to put it. So that's what <laughs> that is. Uh, I'm from London, England, originally. Uh, moved out of London in 2000 and five and moved to Spain for four years. That's when I got into real estate. I had a retail business back in England, got rid of that, moved over to Spain, started up a real estate uh, business in Spain, did that for nearly five years. Wow. Do you speak Spanish? A little bit, but not enough to brag on here. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, I know you speak better Spanish than I do. Okay. And uh, I, I started a real estate company down in Spain and I did that for nearly five years and I moved to the States in 2008. So I've been here for coming up about 11 years. Okay. So share with our audience in 60 seconds or less. How do you go? You come to the US to a city where you really don't know anyone. Your SOI is pretty much zero. And you build a real estate brokerage with over 100 agents. And this has been in like the last 10 years, right? Yeah, I started my brokerage seven years ago. This November, funny enough, it's coming up literally seven years. I started off with a uh, franchise brokerage for a year and then decided I built a small team of three people. Realized I was giving away a lot of money, doing all my own marketing and stuff like that. So I decided I was kind of fed up giving that money away really for just having the brand, which personally didn't do a lot for me because I believe people by people and it's how you present yourself. So I started up my own company really with the idea that I was going to go, well, if I get a small office or maybe four or five agents, it can cover my overheads and I can just keep my commissions. Then it really kind of snowballed and I changed the model to more of a recruiting model. And so I ended up in a situation where it just grew and grew and grew. And we now have 150 active agents. Um, So would you have said when you first went out and started this seven years ago, were you intending to be a large brokerage shop or were you just wanting to be like a small 10 to 20 person team? 
my original intention, well, I kind of had the idea of growing it, but my real intention was to ensure that I cover my overheads and I could get in there at a, a almost like a zero cost basis to keep all the money I made myself. I'm kind of ambitious, A-type kind of guy. I don't sit back. And if I do something, like you can see, I collect memorabilia. I have a storage. You're going to go big. Right. So whatever I do, I do properly. And I have an addictive personality. Sure. So it was natural for sure. me to kind of do that. So once I started getting a few agents, I'm thinking, hang on, I can grow this thing. And I just kept working at it yep. and recruiting. And so you, we have a lot of people listening today that I'm sure identify with your strategy. Um, the Rainmaker model is essentially what you sought out to do, which is bring a bunch of agents around you. I call it shark sucker fish, where you're the shark producing 50% or more of the inventory for the for the uh, real estate team. And then you have all the sucker fish that are eating off the scraps. But you watched this grow and scale and thought, why not just keep going so that you could put yourself in a position where you didn't have to just be dependent upon your own sales, which is the CEO model, where you can grow and be successful um, as your team scales out without having to go and sell property every day. Right. And that's where I, I, I the company seven years old. I haven't sold a house in other than personal stuff in nearly four years. So, so you know, over half of the age of the company, I've not sold a house. That's awesome. So it's funny, our stories are very parallel. We didn't even get into this last week when you were in Omaha, but I started my team eight years ago and I stopped selling four years ago. And I will telling full, full disclosure, I probably would do five listings a year for close family and friends over the half a million dollar price point. But for the most part, I'm not out in production at all. That's not my intent. And I turn those over to somebody else. So my team is only at 30 agents. Your team's at 150. So let's get into that a little bit today. Um, I know there's a lot of teams as I've gone out and visited and now coach hundreds of, of realtors across the country. There's a lot of teams that get stagnant. They get stuck. They might be stuck at five agents and you know 100 deals a year or 50 agents and 500 deals a year, but they get stuck and they don't grow. Why do you believe you have, you guys have continued to grow to this point? Well, I should clarify. I have 150 agents, but I have it. I have a business model that kind of offers something for all agents. I don't just do the team model. I do uh, three or four different commission plans that cater to different type of agents. So, are I you open to sharing those publicly? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, let's say I'm a recruit and I'm, you know, whatever level I'm at. What are my options coming in? So if you came into my company and you were, you know, you're an experienced producer, you're doing your own marketing, or you don't even need to do marketing because you've got such a big sphere of influence, and you're with another company giving away X percentage of your commission, you may be thinking, well, hang on, I want to make more money and continue working the same way. We offer a 100% commission program, which is okay. perfect for those kind of agents. Yep. They pay us a standard, a flat monthly fee. They pay a flat transaction fee. We don't give them anything. We don't give them leads. We don't do marketing for them. Um, they get use of the office. They get a limit, a number of copies they can use, office facilities, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they don't take up my time. I don't really train them. I, yep. I support them if they need it, but we don't do yeah. that much. And everyone knows these agents and these types of teams. It's kind of like the brokerage within a brokerage. They don't want to mess with owning a brokerage. They already have a stru strong structured business. The traditional, or sorry, franchise brokerage shop they're at is taking 6% or 10% of every deal. And they're saying, hey, give me an option where I can retain that and just play, pay a flat fee every month and pay some broker fees every month. So that's the 100% option. What is there for the new agent? So for the new agent, uh, we tip, we have a team program, which is where we provide leads, kind of similar model to what you do. We, we use Boomtown and we generate leads through using Boomtown CRM. With that, we do much more mentoring and handholding. So we're happy to take new agents um, or, you know, less experienced agents. If they've closed five transactions, maybe done a million bucks in their first year, and they want to progress that to become a two, three or $4 million producer. I'll take those agents. We do um, 
a lot more hand-holding with them. We get them, we do one-on-one -on -one meetings with them to get them used to the CRM. We have training videos on that. We provide them. We do weekly role-play calls with them to go over the scripts and stuff mm -hmm. like that for, for uh, setting appointments. A uh, lot more hand-holding, a lot more mentoring. And we have a performance-based commission split. So therefore, the more they sell, the more they retain. Um, and I've actually got agents on my team because of the, the commission splits and the incentives we have. I've got agents that are... I've actually got the two original agents that worked for me at Remax. So um, the original two agents that were at when I was another brokerage eight years ago, they're actually still with me on my team. So the retention. That's you awesome. Do, you have do you, this is kind of an interesting question, but I've seen a lot of people go from team to brokerage over the last couple of years, but they retain their team within their brokerage. So as they open up a brokerage, they keep their team as they one of the teams at the brokerage, and then they start to attract other teams and other individuals. How did you do it? Well, I just made it so that, frankly, if you take what the cost would be for them to do their own marketing, for them to go and set up their own brokerage, you're going to have all the expenses, the insurances, the office costs, all that stuff. It's really not with the commission splits that I offer, the, the tier program, you know, the split um, mm -hmm. commissions for performance on a performance basis. They're actually better off staying with me. They'd actually be le make less money, frankly, if they took all that overhead on themselves. Because yep. I have some great relationships with lenders, so we have MSAs in place to offset the costs, yep. which they probably wouldn't get as an individual. So it's more profitable for them to be with me as a broker than it is for them to go out yep. and do their own thing. Economies of scale, and we tell our agents the very same thing for anyone listening that has a, a hard time retaining agents. You know, obviously, you can offer value from a commission split standpoint, but then actual value like your office, your CRM, your trainings, accountability, coaching, motivation, and all of the other things that you can offer to them. And when teams or agents choose to leave, we always will break down and have a conversation, a business conversation to say, hey, by leaving us, maybe it's going to make you an extra 10%, but here's what you're going to lose. And we'll add up the cost of all of the items that they're losing. So I think we're aligned on that same mentality. So we talked about the new agent with the adjusting schedule of pay. Does that adjust throughout the year or is that just per calendar year you look at what they did in the last 12 months <coughs> excuse me we do it on a calendar year so it's january to december each year okay. um we take the initial split on the first couple of deals then we have an, a second tier split then we have an upper end split once they get over a certain um, commission threshold so they're incentivized to do volume and, okay. and i base my margins on them hitting the 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 second threshold so i've effectively made my money at that point the rest sure. of it they're just really covering the, the marketing costs sure. okay so it's a very fair system. I make a certain amount off of each agent that I'm kind of letting them loose. They can run in the yep. field and they can make as much money as they like. That's why you can retain them if you do it that way. Perfect. So I didn't ask you this earlier. I meant to, um, what was your, what were your overall sales in 2018 in units, volume and gross commission income, if you know it. So we probably did in the region around 168 million, which is about 800 units last year. Okay, you just divided um, it by over, over sales four million dollars. Over four million dollars in GCI. GCI. Okay, so here is the question. This is the million dollar question. You might not have an answer today, but if we get it later, we'll put it in the show notes. Out of the four million dollars GCI, and I won't ask specifically to your business, but what percentage of that do you believe a team leader or broker owner should keep as net profit? And that's the rub. As much as possible. But. Uh, obviously, as much as possible while continuing to be able to offer great value and retaining top talent. MREA, Millionaire Real Estate Agent, written in 05 by Gary Keller, would say that you should be giving away about 40% of your gross commission and agent commissions to get to the seventh level where you're netting a million a year, working less than five hours a week on your business, which is the CEO model. 
I don't believe in paying out only 40. We pay out 70. We did 3 million last year, paid out 70% in GCI. Of our GCI, we paid out 70% in agent commission, 10% in overhead expenses, and I kept 20% not net profit. Because that's the question. I mean, you can have all the agents in the world, but if you're not walking away with some money in your pocket, then what's the point? And people argue teams are more profitable than brokerages, but brokerages net make more money, even though they're a fourth less profitable, they net more at the end of the year net total because they have so many more agents and they have the ability, you talked about economies of scale, they have the ability to not only create MSAs, but now own title, insurance, mortgage, and all these other entities that create profit margins for them as well. So it's, lever it's like leveraging everything against the, the bigger number. So for example, um, my margins on that 4 million would be over you know, 20% plus because the leverage that I have using the MSAs and uh, all the different things we have in place to do that with the monthly fees we charge. So our, you know, of that 4 million GCI, we're over 20% net on that. That's we're paying a lot of money on marketing, but we have MSAs that really offsets that. Yep, so it's funny, I, I spoke on stage a couple of years ago at Boomtown Unite and I was on a panel with someone and told them in my 70-20-10 rule, 70% of GCI goes to agent commissions, 10% overhead, and then 20% net profit. He said, you couldn't run a team like yours with only 10% of your GCI towards overhead because that's only, you know, out of 3 million, that's 300,000. And I said, well, the right. difference is I get an additional 400 grand a year in broker fees and 120 grand a year in MSAs, which offsets it. So if I had to pay for all that on my own, which a lot of the people listening are paying for that on their own, both at the team level and the brokerage level, I would have to follow Gary Keller's model and probably pay out 50% of GCI towards agent commission, 30% towards overhead and 20% net profit. But what I wanted to do is empower my agent to make more money by going out and using our ancillary services and charging the consumer the broker fee so they can put the extra 30% in their pocket. I think with the model, you and I are very similar. We've discussed this with the way we do with the MSAs and the broker fees. By doing that, you can allow your agents to make more money, but you also, at the end of the day, you retain more profits. That's more profitable to you. So you're a win-win situation as, as a team leader and a broker, and then the agent's yep. making more money, so you retain those agents. So it's a win-win for yep. everybody. Yep. So I have three questions. These are all kind of buzz topics right now. Number one, virtual agent. Is there any virtual agent option in your office? Um, Virtual agent, uh, none of my off, do you mean as in work? So would there be an option for someone to be licensed with your, your company and never have to go to the physical office space? Absolutely. Anyone who works in our company, there's no mandatory meetings other yep. than if they're on the lead program. If they're on our lead team. Right, right, of course. That's a different story. Meeting. Yep. But if they're a standalone agent, 100% program, there's nothing on there they have to come to. The yep. only thing we tell them they have to come to is a Christmas party. Other than that, they don't. Ah, perfect. So offices of the future, everyone listen, cling in. We're getting ready to go into the 21st, you know, the next decade of the 21st century, 2020, right around the corner. Even when this episode releases, it might already be the next decade. You need to have a virtual option. So if you're holding people accountable, you're doing goal setting, you're having all these meetings, give them a virtual option. That is what Elite Real Estate Systems Coaching, Modern Coaching for the Modern Agent is all about. All of our team members and expansion teams and agents within our coaching product can attend eight hours of training content a month virtually and engage with the trainer. There's lots of other trainings virtually, but you can't engage and have a conversation and do role play dialogue, all of that. It's $97 a month for an individual agent to buy into that product four hours of topical content, four hours of dialogue training. You can learn more about that on our website, EliteRealEstateSystems.com, and just click on the Learn More button. All right, second question, iBuyer. Everyone's talking about iBuyer. Everybody's worried that all these brokerages out there, Zillow, and I won't name all the other names to give them the credit, um, are going out and they're just saying to the consumer, don't use a realtor, let us just buy the property a little bit below market value, and we'll cut the agent out of the deal. 
Is there anything you guys are doing to respond to that? Not really. Um, I still believe, my personal opinion is, the biggest investment in somebody's life is their home. And I just think that, especially for us maybe, maybe it's a different market somewhere else. We're in, in Sarasota, Florida, we're very much a migration state where people are moving here from somewhere else. Right. Median age is like 67 years old, maybe 70 years old. So those kind of that kind of clientele, I think, is way less. Yeah. Uh, you know, l- looking to do that. They want to yeah. be driven in a car with a person, see a home, have a yeah. relationship, and feel comfortable. People try to call it. You know, they say that the um, whatever industry that's being disrupted is going to get Uberized, and I la- it's laughable when you hire an Uber driver. It's a six dollar drive from point A to point B, and you're never going to see them again. Right. When you're hiring a real estate agent, it's a five hundred thousand dollar transaction, probably the highest, you know, most expensive transaction of their life. They're not going to Uber real estate their deal. It doesn't make sense. So I agree hundred percent with that. But I will say, and I'll speak to iBuyer for anyone listening, my belief, my agents have been empowered to offer 30% below their CMA value. So when I, my agent goes on a listing presentation, they'll say, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, today you're going to get the very first offer. And then the seller's like, what? And we're like, yeah. Um, the owner of my company, Jeff Cohn, owns an investment company, and they buy about 100 properties a year in and around the Omaha area. The offer is going to be laughable. It's going to be 30% below the market value that I'm going to share with you later in the presentation. So now we say to them, hey, your house is worth 200 on the MLS. It'll sell for 190 after commission and everything. You end, up, you end up netting 175. Jeff would come in and buy the property 30% below market at 140. So if you don't want to put it on the market and get it fixed up and paint that wall and strip that wallpaper, and you just want a done deal close in seven days, or you pick the terms essentially, they'd buy it for 140. Now, most people will laugh at it, but it's cool that you've empowered the agent with the ability to at least offer that. And I would suggest everyone listening does it. And if you don't have the money to buy it, I'll buy it for you. If I'm buying it 30% below market value, I will partner with you anywhere in the country and buy that property if that person doing the um, CMA knows what they're doing. That's right. All right, third third item. So um, the first question, uh, I guess what we did the iBuyer was the second. What was my first question? Um, first regarding, one was, um... We're both IDs. I'll get back to it. But the third, oh, virtual agent. Virtual agent's the first, iBuyer's right. the second. The third is salaried agents. So there's a lot of people that believe because of all these disruptions and these other companies that are gonna be popping up, taking away their agent commission, that those agents will still stay licensed and relative, those businesses will have to partner. Just like Uber needed drivers, the, the need of drivers didn't go away. The way they got compensated did, the way they got hailed changed. So I think the same will happen for realtors. And I think 95% of agents that don't have a strong SOI, those individual average Joe agents that do seven deals a year and earn 17 grand a year will go more shift into like a hybrid or um, a traditional salary position. They'll go in and report to work every day. They'll get paid $15 an hour. They'll get a tiny little bonus anytime a person puts a deal together. So there've been a handful of guests we've had on our show that are already running this model within their team. And so what they do is when they have a brand new agent that they think is going to be a killer or they have an agent that's not doing like super well, not as well as they're wanting to do, but you can tell that their talent, if they applied themselves, they could be successful. They're giving them that salary position hybrid option. Have you guys done that yet or considered doing that? I haven't done it and I wouldn't do it um, personally because I believe if if they're not capable of, of closing the deals where they're making the lion's share of the money, they're not going to work for 15 bucks an hour. So cut them out if they're not performing, frankly. So this is a good back and forth. I'll disagree with you. And the audience always likes to hear a little bit of a disagreement. There's agents, there's a lot of agents out there that don't need to make $100,000 a year. They're probably happy. They get in the business and say they want to make 100, but they're truly happy making 35 grand or 40 grand. But we know a lot of agents that aren't even making that, that say they'd be happy making 40 and they're making 20. 
Well, now you can go to them and say, you know, you can tell their talent. The only reason they're not making the call is they have a scarcity mindset. They're not, they don't believe in themselves, but your statistics prove based on their, their literal statistics. If you track analytically, you have someone in your organization for 12 months, you can start to figure out if they went on one, two open houses on a, in a month, they're going to generate one deal that makes the company six grand, they keep four grand, but they don't believe in themselves. And so from abundant mindset standpoint, as the broker, you say to them, hey, instead of quitting real estate altogether, why don't I pay you two grand a month? And every sale you have, we'll do a 90-10 split. You keep 10 we keep, our company keeps 90. And so you're investing in them being successful. Cause I, I don't disagree to think, okay, they're not going to become a big, huge successful agent if they can't believe in themselves and work hundred percent commission job. But there's a lot of great salespeople that get paid salaries with small bonuses that could ch choose to not be in a salary situation, but they need to have that definitive income coming in month after month. And I don't disagree with your theory. I guess from my business model standpoint, I just try and keep my fixed costs as low as possible. So it goes against my whole um, yep. ethos of my business, which is to keep my overheads as low as possible with MSAs and other different contributions. Yep. So that's just my my personal business yep. model. I wouldn't yep. do it. And our goal is to put all of our opinions out there to the world and let you guys use what you want. No one way is the right way. I think we will see a lot more of the iBuyer. I know we'll see a lot more virtual office like eXp. And I know that the salary position hybrid is going to be something of the future as well. Um, we want to be on the forefront of this time, these types of things and just be prepared for what this market's going to throw at us. And that's what's so great about a small Navy SEAL team, even a brokerage with 150 agents, is you can change a policy like that, um, you know, just with a flip of a switch and be able to compete against these big disruptors that are out there in the industry today. Regarding the virtual office, we kind of do that now. Like with our 100% commission agents, we have um, all our transaction stuff is all online. Everything is all we have a paperless office where everything's online. They have access to my calendar with a Zoom meeting so they can schedule online meetings and training. I don't, but I think the days of the Monday, mor Monday morning meeting and the guy reading out of a textbook to 25 people is, is the way of the past. I, I think one-on-one -on -one stuff on a Zoom meeting, people like that, they can sit at home, they can go over a contract, they can screen share. That's kind of the way forward, I think, for training the modern agent, in my opinion. Nope, I 100% agree. Same with consumer interaction. So the agent expects the one-on-one -on -one experience virtually. The consumer is going to demand the one-on-one -on -one experience virtually, not have to go to a closing physically, not have to even go look at property physically. So there's a lot more we could talk about. We won't dive in. I think we're pretty good at this point. Let me ask you a fun question. I don't always do this, but I know you're a fun guy. Since you've been in the business, you've been in the U.S., you've probably seen some crazy stuff in Spain, but in the U.S., what is the most crazy situation you came across um, showing a property or going on a list press or dealing with an agent or walking into the agent office? Uh, I got locked in a house by a woman once and she wanted to make me try a t-shirt on and refused to let me out until I did. Until you tried it on or till? Uh, I made out I was going to when she went to get the t-shirt, I opened the door and left. Oh my gosh. Seriously. What's the t-shirt? I didn't get to find out. I left. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> hilarious. I haven't heard that one. Got locked into a house by a client. Yeah. You must have done a great job on that appointment there, Andrew. I didn't even go back for the listing. It was done. <laughs> I'm sure. You were out. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. She was like 75 years old. I'm like, I'm gone. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, um, wanted to just invite all of our listeners to give a shout out to Andrew. Thank him for his time today. Andrew, what's the best way for our audience to get in touch with you to give you a shout out, to refer business to Sarasota, to hit you up when they're in town? Sure. Uh, my email address is andrew at medwayrealty.com. 
Um, and my cell phone is 941-929-4223. Anyone wants to text uh, or email, I'm doors always open. Perfect. And I know you're just coming off of our team building workshop and our investment workshop. We are offering the first workshop of next decade in 2020, the last Monday and Tuesday in January. January. Um, we're making those tickets available at uh, $997 per person for one day. If you stay for the second day, it's 50% off. So 500 bucks for the investment workshop and $1,000 for the team building workshop. Why don't you spend 60 seconds speaking to your experience and what our audience members would get if they chose to come out to that. And to find out more information, by the way, on the event right page, go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com, click on events, and you'll see all of our upcoming events listed there. I, I, I can honestly say this, for two days, if someone's looking to build a team, grow a team, and they want all the tools because, they, you know, with the things you offer on that two-day, uh, the first day regarding team building, second day regarding investing, the first day superb if someone wants to learn how to structure a team, um, accountability, big thing with that, technology, all the different stuff you're using, you basically hand over your playbook in that classroom to people, and anybody's looking to develop something and grow a business, they've got to do it it's perfect the second day with the investor workshop that was a real big thing for me you know as i said to you earlier there's a lot of things i got out of that that i'm looking to do myself down here mm -hmm. um they're two must do days quite frankly worth every penny and, and they'll make their money back 20 times over if they follow what you say Yep. Thank you. I appreciate you saying it. I can say it as many times as I want to, but it sounds a lot better coming from someone who's not connected to it, um, who just attended it. So I appreciate and that. It's better in my English accent than yours. You sound way better than I do, Andrew. Absolutely. Um, if you want that playbook, I give it away for free. The PDF you can get at jeffsbusinessplan.com. Uh, Just Jeff's, plural, J-E-F-F-S businessplan.com. And if you go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com and just wait for about six, I think one or two seconds, it actually pops up on the bottom left corner. You click on it. We do take your email address and your phone number. We do follow up with you to talk to you about coaching. That's our only upsell. We want people to get into our coaching program because we know it creates huge value. The people that have stayed in it for over six months have doubled, if not quadrupled, the size of their teams. Um, in a very short amount of time. So you can have the same success we've had. Uh, we grew from 70 to over 700 sides in six years, making us the number one team at Berkshire Hathaway, where we still are um, in the world. And so you can have the exact same results just by putting in the time, putting in the work, being consistent, you know, creating a great culture, creating leads for people, giving them this, you know, adjustable split structures, depending on where they're at in their business and all the different things that we talked to, to Andrew about today. So Andrew, thanks again. You, you crushed the podcast. Really appreciate you being on the show with us today. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Have a good one.